You are listening to the Grace Church Podcast. To learn more about grace, including our gathering times, visit us online at thegracechurch.net. Today's sermon comes from Pastor Tommy Jones. All right, so, so we've been talking for the last few weeks about what it means to be no longer slaves. And one of the big things is, it's like, and we talked about this at this retreat I was at too, we are bound together. We are one body and we belong to each other. And it's not just about my freedom, it's about your freedom and our freedom. And we're moving together towards being set free. And, and we've talked about this a lot, I know, but like I even want to take it a step further. How many of you have ever come to church and heard about a personal relationship with Jesus Christ? Just show of hands. Have you ever heard about, some of you have never been to church, I can tell. Because you've been here, you've heard about a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And that is good. And God wants you to have that. But he also wants you to have a communal relationship with Jesus Christ. And when you join with Christ, you're not just joining with Christ. Guess what? You're joining with all of us. So I hope you like us because we've become one body. And we belong to each other in the altar call, these moments. And I hope today we're going to do it. And I hope maybe someone comes. I hope you come up and give your life to Christ. But you're not just giving your life to him. You're giving your life to his body. And we will belong together. And we will support each other and hold each other and love each other and move towards becoming the people we are designed to be. And together, we will be free. Together, there will be freedom in this place. And so we've talked about what no longer slaves looks like as it relates to, what was week one? Week one was self. We talked about what it looks to be no longer slave to self. And then week two, we talked about what it would look to be no longer slave to misplaced passions. And then last week, my boy Chris, give it up for Chris. Boy can preach. I love Chris. Uh, he talked about what it would look like to no longer be a slave to pride. And those things, are we need to be free from self and misplaced passions and pride. But if you think about those three things, they all sort of fall into the category of like emotional or spiritual freedom. So they sort of fall in the category of freedom of your mind and freedom of your spirit. And those things matter. And we want to be free in those areas. But, but as, as those who were created in the image of a triune God, three in one, right? We're not just mind and spirit. We are body, mind, and spirit. We're souls made up of body, mind, and spirit. And so I, I believe, and I think you believe, that in order for us to be truly free, it's not just my mind that needs to be free. It's not just my body needs to be free. And so today we're going to talk a little bit about what freedom looks like for our physical body. And as I move into this message... I move carefully because I know this. There is no subject in the world that could cause more pride or more shame than a discussion on the body. I mean, I, I, there's no subject in the world where some people could go, well, I've got this one figured out. And some people go, I'll never, you know, than as we talk about the body. And so let's get a couple things straight. Number one is this. When we talk about the body, it's not fair. Not everyone starts from the same place. And not everyone has the same struggles. Some people are born uh, with different struggles than other people. And so that's just life. And so it's not like it's a fair thing where we all start from the exact same place. But you need to understand this. No matter where you are, God has a good and perfect plan for your physical body. Not just for your mind and not just for your spirit. He has a plan for your physical body too. But if you fall into the shame trap today, you will miss the point. There is no shame in this place. Shame is not welcome here. There is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. So if we begin, we're going to talk about addictions today, guys. And as we talk about addictions, if you begin to feel shame, like fight it. Push it away because shame will not change you. Only the spirit of the living God will change you. 
And you know why I know? Because I lived in shame for a long time. Matter of fact, everyone shut your eyes. Everyone shut your eyes right now. Say this out loud. Shame, you are not welcome here. That's good. Feels good, doesn't it? Unless your name is Shane. And you're like, oh, are they talking to me? Why am I not welcome at their church? Shane, you're, you're welcome here. Shame will not be welcome in this place. And so as we talk and as we move, I want you to fight it. But let's talk. Let's talk about addictions that harm our body and how we might live free from that. 1 Corinthians 6.12. All things are permitted for me. You know how many times I've quoted that one growing up? Uh, no, uh, Mom, all things are permitted for me. But th the verse continues. But not all things are of benefit for me or for the body. All things are permitted for me, but I will not be mastered by anything. Because we're going to see this today. All things are permitted for you. You might say, well, I'm of age. I can do it. Or all my friends or, you know, mo actually most of my friendships are built around this or whatever. Uh, you might say that. And there are certain things that are legal for us to do. But it doesn't mean they're beneficial. There's certain things that, that, that might seem okay in the world. Even the world is promoting it everywhere you go. But it doesn't mean it's what's beneficial for our body or for the body. We don't make decisions about what to do for our body by what's legal. We make decisions by what honors God. And that's a shift. And that's a change. And then I love this. This is probably one of the most gorgeous verses in the whole Bible, I think. 1 Corinthians 6, 19, as Paul says, Or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God? And you're not your own, for you've been bought for a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body. Your body, not, not, not just your spirit, not your mind, your body is the temple of God. And he says, therefore, I want you to glorify God in your body. And before again, let's, there, the shame has no place. I want you to hear this. When, when I received Christ and Christ made my body his temple, uh, he chose to inhabit a very imperfect place. Not only do I have one leg, which, you know, that's one strike. But when God chose to inhabit my body, it was after, you know, 20 years of blackout drunkenness. Every weekend. For 20 years, it was after decades of nicotine abuse. It was after, after decades of sexual sin. It was after uh, all the horrible cholesterol, like whatever. God is not looking for a perfect place to inhabit. He's looking for imperfect places to make perfect. And so you need to hear this. No matter where you are today physically or with your addiction or with your battle, God is not looking to inhabit perfect places. He takes imperfect places and he perfects them. And perfect in the eyes of God may not look the same as perfect in the world's eyes. So you have no idea where someone stands with God by looking at them because you don't know what they're going through. You don't, know what they were, you don't know what they're dealing with. You don't know what battle they're fighting. And so we go into this with no pride and no shame, only the belief that the king of the world wants to inhabit me. And that is where the conversation must start. So hating your body is not God's plan for you. Uh, as a matter of fact, it's an insult to the temple to hate your body. It's an insult to the temple to mistreat your body. It's an insult to the temple to punish your body. That is an insult to the temple. It is not God's plan for you. But if you are willing to offer your body to God, God will redeem it. This is what he does, guys. When God comes into your, to your emotional life, he comes in for the purpose of redeeming it. When God comes into your, to your, you know, your spiritual life, he comes in for the purpose of redeeming it. 
When God comes into your physical life, he comes into your physical body for the purpose of redeeming it. Now, does that mean the minute you accept Christ, your whole body becomes perfect? No, everybody'd be a Christian, right? And it's not like I accepted Jesus and my leg grew back. That's not what happened. That's not the way that went down. What happened was I gave my life to Christ, and over time, he no longer allowed this insecurity to dominate my life. You, you see what's happening here? He's coming into a part of my spiritual life, and it's not like he blinked and changed. He's just you, he's saying that will not dominate you. I will give you the best that can be inside of the temple you have, and I want you to do the same. I want you to be the best you can be inside of the temple that you have. The root word for addiction is a Latin word that comes from the word. Y'all aren't going to believe this. Is, the root word for addiction comes from a Latin word. Anyone want to guess what that Latin word means? Slave. That's the root word for addiction. Isn't that, isn't that funny? The root word for addiction comes from a Latin word meaning slave. And there's an old myth about this being named Addicticus. And Addicticus was free. The chains were actually off of him. But he wandered the earth still living as if he were chained because he did not know he was free. And that is what addiction is like for those who belong to Christ. The chains have been broken. You can move forward or you can choose to continue living as an addict. But you cannot say that you were powerless. You can't say your powers. And listen, I know some of you are going, well, I've got no addiction because you're thinking, oh, addictions are only, you know, like meth or crack or whatever. Yeah, those are addictions. But those aren't the only addictions that harm the body. There's addictions to poor eating that harm our body. There's addictions to, to alcohol that harm our body. Addictions to nicotine that harm our body. Uh, there's addiction to pornography that harms the body. Addictional sexual sin that harms. There's all sorts of things. So before you just say, at least I'm not an addict like them, get honest with God. You may be living with some chains, too. And remember, the desire is not just no longer slave. The desire is no longer slaves. That there's not an addict in this place who hasn't been set free from what's binding them. This is what God wants for us. God wants to inhabit your temple and change you. Now, is it easy? No, 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 no. Is living a life where you actually think about your body easy? No. You know how I know? Because Halloween was a few nights ago. Dude, it's a struggle. It's a struggle. And it's like these things are constantly coming at us from every single direction. But again, I can't just say, oh, that's just the way I am. That's just, the, that's just who I am. You can't say that because in, in 1 Corinthians 10, 13, Paul says, No temptation has overtaken you except what's common to mankind. And God is faithful. He will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able. But with the temptation, he will provide a way of escape so that you will be able to endure it. Therefore, my beloved, free, flee from idolatry. Flee from slavery. Run from whatever it is that may be getting its tentacles over you and binding you. Do not be a slave to any thing. Nothing. Nothing. We need to understand, guys, the way we treat our body matters. And the way I treat my body matters to you. My, my living free from addictions matters to you. Your, your living free matters to me. Imagine your, your child goes to the hospital and you call me and, and I'm too drunk to get there because I've decided to drink every night. My addiction's bothering you, isn't it? My addiction is affecting this body. And if there's something that needs to be done, we, we should be prepared in season and out of season to do what we need to do for each other. And you belong to me and I belong to you and we all matter. Your freedom matters, not just to you. 
matters to the body. 1 Corinthians 9, 24. Do you not know that those who run in a race all run, but only one receives the prize? Run in such a way that you may win. Everyone who competes in the game exercises self-control in all things, so they do it to obtain a perishable wreath. But we do it for something greater. We do it for imperishable, things that can't be destroyed. Therefore, I run in such a way as to not run aimlessly. I box in such a way as to avoid hitting air. But I discipline my body and make it a slave, so that after I have preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified. Guys, it is biblical to live a disciplined life. It's biblical to to think about what we're doing to our body, even if it's legal, even if you can, even if all your friends are doing it. It's biblical to think about how we're treating our body. And the motivation can't be, you know, I'm I'm going to eat better so that I can, you know, fit in that outfit I wore when I was 18. That can't be the motivation. The motivation can't be, well, I'm going to quit smoking so that I can, I don't know, blow up 100 balloons. (laughs) Like, that can't be the motivation. It can't be, you know, I'm going to stop using drugs so that, you know, I can, I can be in this or whatever. I'm going to stop drinking so that I can drive without blowing in that little thing. It can't be any of those things. The motivation for whatever you do when it comes to your body is honoring God with your body. That's the motivation, that I love God, and so I refuse to hate my body. I love God, and so I will treat my body with grace and kindness. I love God, so I will do what's necessary. And I, I want to be clear on this. I'm not a prohibitionist, guys. Um, but the reality is this. Some people can't have one drink. And I, I'm not a prohibitionist, but the reality is this. If you're drinking every day, that's a problem, and you need to stop. And I, I'm, I'm not against having a cake. I like cake. I love cake. Uh, cake, cake is fun. But if, if you're eating cake every single day, that, that's a problem. And again, this is what Paul says. It's not like there's, there's one thing, that you, but if you're doing it every day, you may be becoming a slave to it. And the most dangerous thing is, you may be becoming a slave and you don't even know it. I've got this. I'm in control. Really? Something may be beginning to wrap its hands around you and hold you. And I, I know because I've been a slave to a lot of things. I mean, I promise you this. I told you all this back when I smoked, all pack a day or whatever. I wasn't, I wasn't going there if you couldn't smoke. And when I was a slave to alcohol, I darn sure wouldn't go in if I couldn't drink. Like, I literally made decisions based off these things. And some of you know this is true because you're not yet free. You can't compare yourself to other people either. You cannot compare yourself to other people. Um, it used to drive me nuts, like, Caden played uh, t-ball or baseball or whatever. I guess he played all of them. Caden's my son. He's 19 now. And he would hit the ball, and instead of just running the race with his head down, he was looking around like he was Babe Ruth, you know, like (laughs) running like that. I was like, why? Just run the bases, man. Y'all know why horses wear blinders? So they only look ahead. If I had a t-ball team, every kid would wear blinders. They would all have those things (laughs) fixed to their heads. They would just run their race. Quit looking around. Don't compare yourself to anyone else because it doesn't matter. You don't know what they but You don't know where they started. You don't, know what they, don't compare your body to their body. Don't, don't, don't compare how much they drink to how much you drink. Don't compare how much they smoke. Don't compare their, your addiction to their addiction. You know how many of us have rationalized addictions by saying, at least I'm not doing that. Or here's our best one. I compare my addiction today to the one I had 10 years ago. Right? Y'all been there? Well, at least I'm not doing that anymore. Great. You simply traded one for another, Tommy. 
You traded one master for another master, and neither of them are God. And that's a problem. We are meant to live free. Free. Not bound by the things of this world. We're meant to honor God by honoring our bodies and, and caring for them. And so, this is what we do. And I know this, guys. You can't, you can't live this life by yourself on your own. Like, you, you can't live a life uh, free of it. You know how, how I know you can't be free of addictions by yourself? Because I tried it. Some of you are like, you're right. You can't. And, and you know because you've tried it by yourself and still you're fighting the exact same battle. Because you've never allowed anyone to come alongside you. And so you may need something. We all need something. Uh, my wife's got a class at 4 o'clock today. It's about living well. And she's going to talk practically about how you can do this. My mom. Every Monday night at 7 p.m. has a class on dealing with addictions and fighting them. She's got an amazing group. And there's all sorts of people, even people not related to me in this church, are doing things. It's not just nepotism. There's other people doing things too, right? But, like, get, get somebody with you and share the battle. And if you think, oh, mine is embarrassing, no one's got this. No temptation has taken you except what is common to man. Nothing. So this idea that you're isolated and alone, that is the enemy separating you so that he can devour you. He knows if you're connected, he can't get to you. But if he can separate you, he can make you feel alone. And I promise you, in this room, in this room, somebody's facing it. I know you, and you know me. Somebody's dealing with it. We were meant to live free. And we need each other. And we need each other. And your body matters. It matters. And shame will not free you. Effort on your own will not free you, although there will need to be effort on your own if you're fighting an addiction. But none of those things on their own will set you free. Your effort alone won't do it. What you need is this. Deliverance from the Spirit of the living God. The first thing I'm going to ask that God does today is open our eyes to see the truth about what has become an addiction in our life. What we thought was just a casual pleasure, what we thought was just, oh, I'm just numbing a little, you know, after the day or whatever, what we thought was unwinding may be winding its hands around us. And so today we're going to ask that God opens our eyes to see where a problem may be developing. And the second thing we're going to ask God to do is this, deliver us, to deliver us. Gosh, maybe this is something we hadn't talked about enough in this room, but the living God has the power to deliver you. He has the power to deliver you. He has the power to restore you, to redeem you, to change your heart, and to, to change your mind, and to free your body. Do you believe our God still heals? He's either Jireh or he's not. He's either provider or he's not. He's either healer or he's not. He's either deliverer or he's not. He's either who he says he is or we're all wasting a lot of time. But you do not have to be a slave anymore. You don't have to be a slave to self. You don't have to be a slave to pride. You don't have to be a slave to fear. You don't have to be a slave to addictions. You don't have to be a slave to, to misplaced passions. Nothing. That's why on the night before Christ went to the cross, he got in a room with his friends and he took a loaf of bread and he broke it and he gave it to them and said, this is my body. I'm giving this to you. I'm giving this to you so that you might learn to live free. I'm giving this to you because you can't possibly do what I'm asking you to do without me. And then after the supper was over, Christ took a cup and he said, This is my blood. My blood shed for you and for many. 
My blood that will redeem you. My blood that will set you free. My blood that will, that will show you how to see yourself as a child of God. He said, drink from it, all of you. This is my blood from the new covenant. And so, in remembrance of these, your mighty acts in Jesus Christ, we offer ourselves in praise and thanksgiving as a holy and living sacrifice in union with Christ's offering for us as we declare this mystery of faith that says Christ has died, Christ is risen, and Christ will come again. God, your spirit is poured out on us. Now will you pour your spirit out on these gifts of bread and wine that they may be for us the body and the blood of Christ. God, that we may be redeemed. We may be healed. God, that shame would have no place. That, that we would realize that, that our bodies are, are your vessel and your temple and wherever we are, with whatever we have, we can honor you. God, this isn't about comparison. This is about doing what we can to honor God, that we would live free, that no addiction whether legal or not, no addiction would wrap its hands around your people. As we come to the table, God, we choose to believe. We choose to believe that you have the power to heal us. We're going to have to do some work. But the first thing we do is come to you and ask for help. God, do what only you can do. It's in Christ's holy name I pray. Amen. If you are encouraged by today's message, be sure to rate us and hit subscribe on Spotify, iTunes, or wherever you stream your podcasts. To experience other talks, videos, and live gatherings, visit us online at thegracechurch.net. And again, thanks for listening to the Grace Church Podcast.